Section 5 of The Cathedral by Jory Karl Heismans, translated by Clara Bell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 It rained without ceasing. Durtal breakfasted under the assiduous watchfulness of his servant, Madame Mesurat. She was one of those women whose stalwart build and masculine presence would allow of their dressing in men's clothes without attracting attention. She had a pear-shaped head, cheeks that hung flabby as if they had been emptied of air, a pompous nose that drooped till it very nearly touched a projecting underlip like a bracket, giving her an expression of determined contempt which she very certainly had never felt. In short, she suggested the absurd idea of a solemn, gawky Marlborough disguised as a cook. She served unvarying meats with inglorious sauces, and as soon as the dish was on the table she stood at attention, waiting to know whether it was good. She was imposing and devoted, quite insufferable. Durtal, on edge with irritation, found it all he could do not to dismiss her to the kitchen, and finally buried his nose in a book that he might not have to answer her, might not see her. This day, provoked by his silence, Madame Mesurat lifted the window curtain, and for the sake of saying something, exclaimed, good heavens what weather impossible and in fact the sky offered no hope of consolation it was all in tears the rain fell in uninterrupted streams unwinding endless skeins of water the cathedral was standing in a pool of mud lashed into leaping drops by the falling torrent and the two spires looked drawn together almost close linked by loose threads of water this indeed was the prevailing impression a briny atmosphere full of strings holding the sky and earth together as if tacked with long stitches but they would not hold a gust of wind snapped all these endless threads which were whirled in every direction my arrangement to meet the abbe plomb to go over the cathedral is evidently at an end said durtal to himself the abbe will certainly not turn out in such weather he went into his study this was his usual place of refuge he had his divan there, his pictures, the old furniture he had brought from Paris, and against the walls, shelves, painted black, held thousands of books. There he lived, looking out on the towers, hearing nothing but the cawing of the rooks and the strokes of the hours as they fell one by one on the silence of the deserted square. He had placed his table in front of a window, and there he sat dreaming, praying, meditating, making notes. The balance of his personal account was struck by internal damage and mental disputations. If the soul was bruised and ice-bound, the mind was no less afflicted, no less fagged. It seemed to have grown dull since his residence at Chartres. The biographies of saints which Durtal had intended to write remained in the stage of charcoal sketches. They blew off before he could fix them. In reality he had ceased to care for anything but the cathedral. It had taken possession of him. And besides, the lives of the saints, as they were written by the inferior Bollandists, were enough to disgust anybody with saintliness. Offered to publisher after publisher, carted from the Paris libraries to the provincial workshops, this barrow of books had at first been hauled by a single nag, Father Giry. Then a second horse had been added, the Abbe Guérin, and harnessed to the same shafts, these two men pulled their heavy truck over the broken road of souls. He had only to open a bale of this prosy dullness, taking down a volume at random, to light on sentences of this quality. Such an one was born of parents not less remarkable for their rank than for their piety. Or, on the other hand, his parents were not of illustrious birth, but in them might be seen the distinction of all the virtues which are so far above rank. 
and then the dreadful style of the pont neuf his historian does not hesitate to say he would have been mistaken for an angel if the maladies with which god afflicted him had not shown that he was a man the devil not enduring to see him advancing by rapid leaps on the way of perfection adopted various means of hindering him in the happy progress of his career and on turning over to a fresh page he came upon a passage in the life of one of the elect who was mourning for his mother excusing him in this solemn rigmarole after granting to the feelings of nature such relief as grace cannot forbid on these occasions or again here and there were such pompous and ridiculous definitions as this which occurs in the life of Cesar de bus after a visit to paris which is not less the throne of vice than the capital of the kingdom this went on in meagre language through twelve to fifteen volumes ending by the erection of a row of uniform virtue a barrack of pious idiocy now and again the two poor nags seemed to wake up and trot for a little space though gasping for breath when they had some detail to record which no doubt moved them to rapture they expatiated complacently on the virtues of catherine of sweden or robert de la chaise dieu who as soon as they were born cried for sinless wet nurses and would suck none but pious breasts or they spoke with ravishment of the chastity of jean the taciturn who never took a bath that he might not shock his modest eyes as the text says by seeing himself and the bashful purity of san luis de gonzagua who had such a terror of women that he dared not look at his mother for fear of evil thoughts in consternation at the poverty of these distressing non sequiturs durtal turned to the less familiar biographies of the blessed women but here again what a farrago of the commonplace what glutinous unction what a hash by way of style there was certainly some curse from heaven on the old women of the sacristy who dared take up a pen their ink at once turned to stickiness to bird-lime to pitch which smeared all it touched oh the poor saints the hapless blessed women his meditations were interrupted by a ring at the bell why has the abbe plon really come out in spite of the gale it was indeed the priest that madame mesurat showed in oh said he to durtal who lamented over the rain the weather will clear up all in good time at any rate as you had not put me off i was determined not to keep you waiting they sat chatting by the fire and the room took the abbe's fancy no doubt for he settled himself at his ease he threw himself back in an armchair tucking his hands into his cincture and when in answer to his question as to whether durtal were not too dull at chartres the parisian replied it seems to me that i live more slowly and yet i'm not such a burthen to myself the abbe went on what you must feel painfully is the lack of intellectual society you who in paris lived in the world of letters how can you endure the atmosphere of this provincial town durtal laughed the world of letters no monsieur l'abbe i should not be likely to regret that for i had given it up many years before i came to live here and besides i assure you it is impossible to be intimate with those train bands of literature and remain decent a man must choose them or honest folks slander or silence for their speciality is to eliminate every charitable idea and above all to cure a man of friendship in the winking of an eye really yes by adopting a homeopathic pharmacopoeia which still makes use of the foulest matter the extract of woodlice the venom of snakes the poison of the cockchafer the secretions of the skunk and the matter from pustules 
all disguised in sugar of milk to conceal their taste and appearance the world of letters in the same way triturates the most disgusting things to get them swallowed without raising your gorge there is an incessant manipulation of neighbours gossip and playbox tittle-tattle all wrapped up in perfidious good taste to mask their flavour and smell these pills of foulness exhibited in the required doses act like detergents on the soul which they almost immediately purge of all trustfulness i had enough of this regimen which acted on me only too successfully and i thought it well to escape from it but the pious world too is not absolutely free from gossip said the abbe smiling no doubt and i am well aware that devotion does not always sweeten the mind but the truth is said he after reflection that the assiduous practice of religion generally results in some intense effects on the soul only they may be of two kinds either it develops the soul's taint and evolves in it the final ferments which putrefy it once for all or it purifies the spirit and makes it clean and clear and exquisite it may produce hypocrites or good and saintly people there is really no medium but when such divine husbandry has completely cleansed souls how guileless and how pure they may be nor am i speaking of the elect such as i saw at la trappe merely of young novices little priestlings whom i have known they had eyes like clear glass undimmed by the haze of a single sin and looking into them behind those eyes you would have seen their open soul burning like a soaring crown of fire framing the smiling face in a halo of white flame in fact jesus simply fills up all the room in their soul do you not think monsieur l'abbé that these youths occupy their bodies just enough for suffering and to expiate the sins of others without knowing it they have been sent into the world to be safe tenements of the lord the resting place where jesus finds a home after wandering over the frozen steps of other souls yes said the abbé taking off his spectacles to wipe them on his bandana but to acquire so fine a strain of being how much mortification penance and prayer have been needed in the generations that have ended by giving them birth the spirits of whom you speak are the flower of a stem long nourished in a pious soil the spirit of course bloweth where it listeth and may find a saint in the heart of a listless family but this mode of operation must always be an exception the novices you have known must certainly have had grandmothers and mothers who frequently incited them to kneel and pray by their side i do not know i knew nothing of the origin of these lads but i feel that you are right it is obvious indeed that children slowly brought up from their earliest years and sheltered from the world under the shadow of such a sanctuary as this at chartres must end in the blossoming of an unique flower and when durtal told him of the impression made on him by the angelic service of the mass the abbe smiled though our boys are not unique they are no doubt rare here the virgin herself trains them and note the little lad you saw is neither more diligent nor more conscientious than his fellows they are all alike dedicated to the priesthood from the time when they can first understand they learn quite naturally to lead a spiritual life from their constant intimacy with the services what then is the system of this institution the foundation of the clerks of our lady dates from eighteen fifty three or rather it was reconstituted in that year for it existed in the middle ages by the abbe ichard its purpose is to increase the number of priests by admitting poor boys to begin their studies it receives intelligent and pious children of every nationality if they are supposed to show any vocation for holy orders they remain in the choir school till they are in the third class 
and are then transferred to the seminary its funds are humanly speaking nothing based on trust in providence for it has altogether for the maintenance of eighty pupils nothing but the pay earned by these children for various duties in the cathedral and the profits from a little monthly magazine called the voice of the virgin and finally and chiefly the charity of the faithful all this does not amount to a very substantial income and yet to this day money has never been lacking the abbe rose and went to the window oh the rain will not cease said durtal i am very much afraid monsieur l'abbe that we cannot examine the cathedral porches to-day there is no hurry before going into the details of notre dame would it not be well to contemplate it as a whole and let its general purpose soak into the mind before studying each page of its parts everything lies contained in that building he went on waving his hand to designate the church the scriptures theology the history of the human race set forth in broad outline thanks to the science of symbolism a pile of stones may be a macrocosm i repeat it everything exists within this structure even our material and moral life our virtues and our vices the architect takes us up at the creation of adam to carry us on to the end of time notre dame of chartres is the most colossal depository existing of heaven and earth of god and man each of its images is a word all those groups are phrases the difficulty is to read them but it can be done undoubtedly that there may be some contradictions in our interpretations i admit but still the palimpsest can be deciphered the key needed is a knowledge of symbolism and seeing that durtal was listening to him with interest the abbe came back to his seat and said what is a symbol according to litre it is a figure or image used as a sign of something else and we catholics narrow the definition by saying with hugues de saint victor that a symbol is an allegorical representation of a christian principle under a tangible image now symbolism has existed ever since the beginning of the world every religion adopted it and in ours it came into being with the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the first chapter of genesis while it still is in full splendor in the last chapter of the apocalypse the old testament is an anticipatory figure of all the new testament tells us the mosaic dispensation contains as in an allegory what the christian religion shows us in reality the history of the people of god its principal personages its sayings and doings the very accessories round about it are a series of images everything came to the hebrews under a figure saint paul tells us our lord took the trouble to remind his disciples of this on various occasions and he himself when addressing the multitude almost always spoke in parables as a means of conveying one thing by an illustration from another symbols then have a divine origin it may be added that from the human point of view this form of teaching answers to one of the least disputable cravings of the human mind man feels a certain enjoyment in giving proof of his intelligence in guessing the riddle thus presented to him and likewise in preserving the hidden truth summed up in a visible formula a perdurable form saint augustine expressly says anything that is set forth in an allegory is certainly more emphatic more pleasing more impressive than when it is formulated in technical words that is Mallarmé's idea too thought durtal and this coincidence in the views of the saint and the poet on grounds at once analogous and different is whimsical to say the least thus in all ages the abbe went on men have taken inanimate objects or animals and plants 
to typify the soul and its attributes its joys and sorrows its virtues and its vices thought has been materialized to fix it more securely in the memory to make it less fugitive more near to us more real almost tangible hence the emblems of cruelty and craft of courtesy and charity embodied by certain creatures personified by certain plants hence the spiritual meanings attributed to precious stones and to colors and it may be added that in times of persecution in the early christian times this hidden language enabled the initiated to hold communication to give each other some token of kinship some password which the enemy could not interpret thus in the paintings discovered in catacombs the lamb the pelican the lion the shepherd all meant the sun the fish ichthys of which the characters express the greek formula jesus son of god saviour figures in a secondary sense the believer the rescued soul fished out from the sea of paganism the redeemer having told two of his apostles that they should be fishers of men and of course the period when human beings lived in closest intercourse with god the middle ages was certain to follow the revealed tradition of christ and express itself in symbolical language especially in speaking of that spirit that essence that incomprehensible and nameless being who to us is god at the same time it had at its command a practical means of making itself understood it wrote a book as it were intelligible to the humblest superseding the text by images and so instructing the ignorant this indeed was the idea put into words by the synod of arras in ten twenty five that which the illiterate cannot apprehend from writing shall be shown to them in pictures the middle ages in short translated the bible and theology the lives of the saints the apocryphal and legendary gospels into carved or painted images bringing them within reach of all and epitomizing them in figures which remained as the permanent marrow the concentrated extract of all its teaching it taught the grown-up children the catechism by means of the stone sentences of the porches exclaimed durtal yes it did that too but now the abbe went on after a pause before entering on the subject of architectural symbolism we must first establish a distinct notion of what our lord himself did in creating it when in the second chapter of the gospel according to st john he speaks of the temple at jerusalem and says that if the jews destroy it he will rebuild it in three days expressly prefiguring by that parable his own body this set forth to all generations the form which the new temples were thenceforth to take after his death on the cross this sufficiently accounts for the cruciform plan of our churches but we will study the inside of the church later for the present we must consider the meanings of the external parts of a cathedral the towers and belfries according to the theory of durand archbishop of mende in the thirteenth century are to be regarded as preachers and prelates and the lofty spire is symbolical of the perfection to which their souls strive to rise according to other interpreters of the same period such as saint melito bishop of sardis and cardinal pietro of capua the towers represent the virgin mary or the church watching over the salvation of the flock it is a certain fact the abbe went on that the position of the towers was never rigidly laid down once for all in medieval times thus different interpretations are admissible according to their position in the structure still perhaps the most ingeniously refined the most exquisite idea is that which occurred to the architects of saint marclou at rouen of notre dame at dijon and of the cathedral at laon for example who built rising from the centre of the transepts that is above the very spot where on the cross the breast of christ would lie a lantern higher than the rest of the roof 
often finishing outside in a tall and slender spire starting as it were from the heart of christ to leap with one spring to the father to soar as if shot up from the bow of the vaulting in a sharp dart to reach the sky the towers like the buildings they overshadow are almost always placed on a height that commands the town and they shed around them like seed into the soil of the soul the swarming notes of their bells reminding all christians by this aerial proclamation this bead-telling of sound of the prayers they are commanded to use and the duties they must fulfil nay at need they may atone before god for man's apathy by testifying that at least they have not forgotten him beseeching him with uplifted arms and brazen tongues taking the place as best they may of so many human prayers more vocal perhaps than they with its ship-like character said durtal who had thoughtfully approached the window this cathedral strikes me as amazingly like a motionless vessel with spires for masts and the clouds for sails spread or furled by the wind as the weather changes it remains the eternal image of peter's boat which jesus guided through the storm and likewise of noah's ark the ark outside which there is no safety added the abbe now consider the church in all its parts its roof is the symbol of charity which covereth a multitude of sins its slates or tiles are the soldiers and knights who defend the sanctuary against the heathen represented by the storm its stones all joined are according to saint nilus emblematic of the union of souls or as the rationale of durand of mande has it of the multitude of the faithful the stronger stones figuring the souls that are most advanced in the way of perfection and hinder the weaker brethren represented by the smaller stones from slipping and falling however to hugues de saint victor a monk of the abbey of that name in the twelfth century this collection of stones is merely the mingled assembly of the clerks and the laity again these blocks of stones of various shapes are bound and held together by mortar of which durand of mande will tell you the meaning mortar saith he is compounded of lime and sand and water lime is the burning quality of charity and it combines by the aid of water which is the spirit with the sand of the earth earthy thus these united stones form the four walls of the church which prudentius of Troyes tells us are the four evangelists or according to other interpreters they represent in stone the cardinal virtues of religion justice fortitude prudence and temperance already prefigured by the walls of the city of god in the apocalypse thus you see each part may be regarded as having more than one meaning but all included in one general idea common to all and the windows asked durtal i am coming to them they are emblematic of our senses which are to be closed to the vanities of the world and open to the gifts of heaven they are also provided with glass giving passage to the beams of the true sun which is god but Donvillette has most clearly set forth their symbolical meaning they are says he the scriptures which receive the glory of the sun and keep out the wind the hail and the snow the images of false doctrine and heresies as to the buttresses they symbolize the moral force that sustains us against temptation they are likewise the hope which upholds the soul and strengthens it others see in them the image of the temporal powers who are called upon to defend the power of the church and others again regarding more especially the flying buttresses which resist the thrust of the span say that they are imploring arms clinging to the safekeeping of the ark in time of danger the principal entrance the great portal of so many churches such as those of Vézelay, paris le monial and saint germain lourzerois in paris 
was approached through a covered vestibule often very deep and intentionally dark called the narthex the baptismal pool was in this porch it was a place for probation and forgiveness emblematical of purgatory an ante-room to heaven where before being permitted access to the sanctuary penitents and neophytes had their place such briefly is the allegorical meaning of the parts if we now regard it again as a whole we may observe that the cathedral built over a crypt symbolical of the contemplative life and also of the tomb in which christ was laid was naturally obliged to have its apse towards that point of the heavens where the sun rises at the equinox so as to convey says the bishop of mende that it is the church's mission to show moderation in its triumphs as in its reverses all the liturgical commentators are agreed that the high altar must be placed at the eastern end so that the worshippers as they pray may turn their eyes towards the cradle of the faith and this rule was held absolute and so well approved by god that he confirmed it by a miracle the bollandists in fact have a legend that dunstan archbishop of canterbury seeing a church that had been built on another axis made it turn to the east by a push with his shoulder thus placing it in its right position the church has generally three doors in honour of the holy trinity and the portal in the middle called the royal porch is divided by a pier and a pillar surmounted by a statue of our lord who says of himself in the gospel i am the door or of the virgin if the church is consecrated to her or even of the patron saint in whose name it is dedicated the door thus divided typifies the two roads which man is free to follow indeed in most cathedrals this symbol is emphasized by a representation of the last judgment placed above the entrance this is the case in paris at amiens and at bourges at chartres on the contrary the judgment of souls is relegated as at reims to the tympanum of the northern porch but here it is to be seen in the rose window over the western portal in contradiction to the system usual in the middle ages of treating in the windows above the doors the subject carved in the porch thus presenting on the same side a repetition of the same symbols in glass as seen from within and in stone without good but how then can you account by the ternary rule so universally adopted for that marvellous cathedral at bourges where instead of three porches and three aisles we find five nothing can be simpler we cannot account for it at most we can suppose that the architect of bourges intended by those five doors to figure the five wounds of christ even then we should be left to wonder why he placed all the wounds in a single line for that church has no transept no arms at the end of which the holes in the hands may be symbolized by doors which is the usual course and the cathedral at antwerp which has two more aisles they no doubt typify the seven avenues the seven gifts of the paraclete this question of number leads me to speak of theological enumeration a peculiar element which plays a part in the varied subject of symbolism the abbe went on the allegorical science of numbers is a very old one saint isidore of seville and saint augustine studied it michelet who talks nonsense as soon as he has to do with the cathedral is hard on the medieval architects for their belief in the meaning of figures he accuses them of having observed mystic rules in the arrangement of certain parts of the buildings of having for instance restricted the number of windows or arranged pillars and bays in accordance with some arithmetical combination not understanding that each detail of a church had a meaning and was a symbol he could not understand that it was important to calculate each since its meaning might be modified or even completely altered thus a pillar by itself may not necessarily typify an apostle but if there should be twelve 
they evidently show the meaning attributed to them by the builder since they recall the exact number of christ's disciples sometimes indeed to prevent any mistake the answer is supplied with the problem as in an old church at etampes where i read inscribed on the twelve romanesque shafts the names of the apostles in relief in the traditional setting of a greek cross at chartres they had adopted a still better plan statues of the twelve apostles were placed in front of the pillars of the nave but the revolution took offence at these figures overthrew and destroyed them in considering the system of symbolism it is necessary to study the significance of numbers the secrets of church building can only be discerned by recognizing the mysterious idea of the unity of the figure one which is the image of god himself the suggestion of two which figures the two natures of the sun the two dispensations and according to saint gregory the great the twofold law of love of god and man three is the number of the persons of the trinity and of the theological virtues four typifies the cardinal virtues the four greater prophets the gospels and the elements five is the number of christ's wounds and of our senses whose sins he expiated by a corresponding number of wounds six records the days devoted by god to the creation determines the number of the commandments promulgated by the church and according to saint melitor symbolizes the perfection of the active life seven is the sacred number of the mosaic law it is the number of the gifts of the holy ghost of the sacraments of the words of jesus on the cross of the canonical hours and of the successive orders of priesthood eight says saint ambrose is the symbol of regeneration saint augustine says of the resurrection and it recalls the idea of the eight beatitudes nine is the number of the angelic hierarchy of the special gifts of the spirit as enumerated by saint paul and it was at the ninth hour that christ died ten is the number of laws given by jehovah the law of fear but saint augustine explains it otherwise saying that it includes the knowledge of god since it may be decomposed into three the symbol of a triune god and seven figuring the day of rest after the creation eleven the same saint explains as an image of transgressing the law and an emblem of sin and twelve is the great mystic number the tale of the patriarchs of the apostles of the tribes the minor prophets the virtues the fruits of the holy ghost and the articles of faith embodied in the credo and this might be repeated to infinity hence it is quite evident that the artists of the middle ages added to the meaning they assigned to certain creatures and certain things that of quantity supporting one by the other emphasizing or moderating a suggestion by this added means working back sometimes on a former idea and expressing this duplication in a different form or concentrating it in the energetic conciseness of a cipher they thus produced a whole at once speaking to the eye and at the same time giving synthetical expression to a complete text of a dogma in a compact allegory but what hermetic concentration exclaimed durtal very true these various meanings of persons and objects resulting from numerical differences are at first very puzzling and do you suppose that on the whole the height breadth and length of a cathedral reveal a specialized idea a particular purpose on the part of the architect yes but i must at once confess that the key to these religious calculations is lost those archaeologists who have racked their brains to find it have vainly added together the measurements of naves and clerestories they have not yet succeeded in formulating the idea they expected to see emerge from the sum's total in this matter we must confess ourselves ignorant besides 
have not the standards of measurement been different at different times as with the value of coins in the middle ages we know nothing about them so in spite of some very interesting investigations carried out from this point of view by the abbe cronier at the priory of saint gilles and the abbe de vaucourt of the cathedral of autun i remain sceptical as to their conclusions which i regard as very ingenious but far from trustworthy the method of numbers is to be seen in perfection only in the details such as the pillars of which i spoke just now it is no less evident when we find the same number prevailing throughout the edifice as for instance at paris le monial where all things are in threes there the designer has not been content to reproduce the sacred number in the general scheme of the structure he has applied it in every part the church has in fact three aisles each aisle has three compartments each compartment is formed by three arches surmounted by three windows in short it is the principle of the trinity the primary three applied to every part well but do you not think monsieur l'abbé that apart from such instances of indisputable meaning there are in such symbolism some very fine drawn and obscure similitudes the abbé smiled do you know said he the theories of honorius of autun as to the symbolism of the censor no well then after having pointed out the natural and very proper interpretation that may be applied to this vessel as representing the body of our lord while the incense signifies his divinity and the fire is the holy spirit within him and after having defined the various interpretations of the metal of which it is made if of gold it answers to the perfection of his divinity if of silver to the matchless excellence of his humility if of copper to the frailty of the flesh he assumed for our salvation if of iron to the resurrection of that body which conquered death the scholiast comes to the chains and then indeed his elucidation becomes somewhat thin and fine-drawn if there are four chains he says they represent the four cardinal virtues of the lord and the chain by which the cover is lifted from the vessel answers to the soul of christ quitting his body if on the other hand there are but three chains it is because the person of the saviour includes three elements a human organism a soul and the godhead of the word and honorius adds the ring through which the chains run represents the infinite in which all these things are included that is subtle with a vengeance less so than durand demande when he speaks of the snuffers replied the abbe after that we will kick away that ladder the snuffers for trimming the lamps are he asserts the divine words off which we cut the letter of the law and by so doing reveal the spirit which giveth light and he adds the pots in which the snuff is extinguished are the hearts of the faithful who observe the law literally it is the very madness of symbolism cried durtal at least it is a too curious excess of it but if this interpretation of the snuffers is certainly grotesque if even the theory of the censor seems beaten somewhat thin on the whole you must admit that it is fascinating and exact so far as it is applied to the chain which lifts the upper part of the vessel in a cloud of fragrance and thus symbolizes the ascent of our lord into heaven that certain exaggerations should creep in through this use of parables was difficult to prevent but on the other hand what marvels of analogy and what purely mystical notions are revealed through the meanings given by the liturgy to certain objects used in the services to the tapers for instance when pierre d'escalin explains the purport of the three component parts the wax which is the spotless body of the saviour born of a virgin the wick which enclosed in the wax is his most holy soul hidden in the veil of the flesh and the light which is emblematic of his godhead 
or again take the substances used by the church in certain ceremonies water wine ashes salt oil balsam incense incense besides representing the divinity of the sun is likewise the symbol of prayer tus devotio orationis as it is described by rabban mor archbishop of mayence in the ninth century i happen to remember also a propos of this resin and the censer in which it is burnt a verse i read long since in the monastic distinctions of the anonymous english writer of the thirteenth century which sums up their signification more neatly than i can vas notatur mens pia ture preces igne supernus amor the vase is the spirit of piety the incense prayer the fire divine love as to water wine ashes and salt they are used in compounding a precious ointment used by the bishop when consecrating a church they are mingled to sign the altar with the cross and to sprinkle the aisles the water and wine symbolize the two natures united in our lord the salt is divine wisdom the ashes are in memory of his passion balsam as you know is emblematical of virtue and good repute and is combined with oil signifying peace and wisdom to compose the sacramental ointment think too the priest went on of the pyx in which the transubstantiated elements are preserved the consecrated oblations and note that in the middle ages these little cases were formed in the figure of a dove and contained the host in the very image of the paraclete and the virgin this was well done but here is something better the jewellers of the time carved ivory and gave these little shrines the form of a tower is not the sentiment exquisite of our lord dwelling in the heart of the virgin the ivory tower of the canticles is not ivory indeed the most admirable material to serve as a sanctum for the most pure white flesh of the sacrament it is certainly mystical and far more appropriate than the vessels of every form the ciboria of silver gilt of aluminium of silver of these days and need i remind you that the liturgy assigns a meaning to each vestment each ornament of the church according to its use and form thus for instance the surplice and alb signify innocence the cord that serves as a girdle is an emblem of chastity and modesty the amice of purity of heart and body the helmet of salvation mentioned by st paul the maniple of good works vigilance and the tears and sweat poured out by the priest to win and save souls the stole of obedience the clothing on of immortality given to us in baptism the dalmatic of justice of which we must give proof in our ministrations the chasuble of the unity of the faith and also of the yoke of christ but the rain has not ceased and i must nevertheless be gone for i have a penitent waiting for me exclaimed the abbe looking at his watch will you come the day after tomorrow at about two o'clock we will hope it may be fine enough to examine the outside of the cathedral and if it still rains come all the same but i must fly he pressed Giltal's hand and was gone. End of section 5